Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 212, which is a special episode of the Founder Start and Scale Student Success Stories of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan, and I'm the CEO and host of the Founder Podcast and also Founder Magazine. Uh, So I hope you're all having a great day wherever you are around the world. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your earbuds with me. Uh, Today we have a very, very special episode. This one's a bit of a mix-up. It's something a little different. A lot of you guys write to us and say, you know, hey, Nathan, I'm loving the show, but I really want to hear from kind of people that I've never heard of, like not big time entrepreneurs that perhaps have a company that generates hundreds of millions of dollars a year or worth over a billion dollars or number one or two in their industry. I want to hear from like, you know, everyday founders just like in the trenches, like like yourself or like me. Um, so we try and mix things up and do these uh, kind of cool kind of, you know, add in a little bit of salsa dancing to the, the regular routine. So what we're doing is uh, for those of you that are not aware, uh, at Founder, we teach uh, many different courses. We're building a massive educational platform for founders and uh you know our goal and mission is to build a 10x entrepreneurial educational platform like the best place for founders to learn how to become a successful entrepreneur now we don't teach this stuff we find some of the best founders in the world many whom have been on this podcast 
and we convince them and twist their arm to teach a particular topic that you guys want to know. And we go really, really deep. We spend tens of thousands of dollars in production, you name it. And we create, like, we spend so much time with these teachers to extract as much gold as possible. And one of our first courses that we launched, uh, which was kind of driven by you guys, you guys wanted to know how to start a physical product-based business. Uh, So we found someone who I believe is one of the best in the world at this. Her name's Greta Van Riel. She's been on the podcast Ooh, I think a couple of times now. Um, episode 149 and then, yeah, also episode 81. So if you'd like to know more about Greta, check out those episodes. But anyway, she teaches uh, this course for us. She actually lives in Melbourne. I was luckily enough, uh, actually friends with her before, and she's built four multi-million dollar e-commerce brands. Uh, Drop Bottle, The Fifth Watches, Skinny Me Tea, and Skin Talks. And this course, since we've launched it, we have had so many successful students, people that are absolutely killing it, producing these, you know, incredible online stores and doing all sorts of crazy things. It's been so amazing to see these success stories. And you guys might have heard some of these success stories. Um, We shared three of them in episode 176, 177, and 178, and we want to share three more with you because what we're actually doing is uh, we are opening up this course again to the public, uh, start and scale your online store. And if you want to find out more, you can go to founder.com forward slash e-commerce. So basically, we're going to show you some of these incredible stories, uh, three in particular in this episode, all mixed into one. Uh, so let's talk about these guys. Let's talk about these guys absolutely killing it following Greta's formula, which is incredible. And I've even used it for my own girlfriend's business. Um, it's a whole nother story. So first off, there's Shamant Piera, and she runs a company called Invisibally. And she actually launched this project on Kickstarter first, and she raised over $60,000, guaranteeing the funding of her physical product. Incredible founder. Tons to learn here. Uh, So I'm not going to go any further. She's first off the rank. Then we also have Monique and Chevello Wilson DiBriano. And these guys are so cool. They're like this cool couple. uh, And they have this company called Charleston Burgers. And they do this special sauce, this sauce for the burgers. And they are absolutely killing it. They actually took their offline, you know, business online uh, following Greta's success and, uh, you know, following her framework and everything that she teaches. So they were doing really, really well in retail stores and they never done anything online, tried a few things, didn't have much success, follow Greta's formula and you'll learn so much more about these guys. They're so amazing. Lots to learn from them and how they're doing it. And they actually, in the first two months, generated over $21,000, which is incredible. Then lucky last is we have one of our million dollar case studies and students. Now his name is Adam Hendel and he runs a company called Ball Wash. And wow, incredible idea um, with, you know, extremely like on point execution in seven months after he rolled in start and scale, he transformed his venture from zero to a million dollar plus business. Uh, so he generated a million dollars in revenue 
in seven months, which is incredible. And uh, it's it's a really, really cool product. And he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You're going to learn tons from Adam around how he was able to do this. But basically, guys, that's it from me. This intro is quite long, and this is going to be an incredible podcast. So if you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review. All right, now let's take it off with Shamant first up. First of all, Shamant, like, would you be able to tell us, you know, what attracted you, first of all, to, to I guess, Greta's course? And then also, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about your product and how you got started and, and, and why you wanted to launch a physical product. Okay, so what attracted me to Greta's course is really I've been following you for a while now since you started the Instagram course a while ago. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about um, yourself and your delivery in terms of your courses were they were always bite-sized, easy to follow, and you can take action immediately. So when you had this e-commerce product come up, it was really relevant to me because I was at the crossroads of – I was kind of trying two things at the same time, like building, you know, researching and building a physical product, like just doing lots of research and also thinking if I should be doing a bit of coaching mentoring, which was something I did on an informal basis when I was in, in banking. But I thought maybe that's something I could perhaps continue on a more, you know, paid basis. But what I found is that I really enjoyed building products more. So this came at a really good time. And when I saw Greta had really good um I guess, you know, she had a lot of good stats to back her up. And also it's a course that's produced by you. It, it, I didn't hesitate to kind of take the the course really. And I did not regret it at all. Amazing. So tell us about like your product, how you conceptualized it, what it's called, Invisibility. Like I'd love to know. Yeah. And, and, and you've done just a really done uh, an exceptional job with your Kickstarter campaign, uh, sorry, Indiegogo campaign. So please. Yes, I mean, I started on Kickstarter and I just recently just put it on Indiegogo while I built up the Shopify page. So with the product, I, you know, I was just looking at all the things that um, I could be doing and also just following through Greta's course, you know, but keeping it simple. You don't have to create something revolutionary, just changing things, um, you know, making something better, really. And that's really the, the route that I took. So I was looking at all the problems I had and one of the biggest challenges I had since having um, children was weight gain, weight loss, et cetera, and finding decent clothing to help me through that process because I didn't want to keep buying clothes as I gained weight and also kept buying clothes as I lost weight. I felt there must be like something out there that can help me still feel good, look good, and, you know, through through this process. And that's how this whole thing came about. I mean, I'm originally from, from Malaysia, and they have this big thing about this whole belly wrapping tradition, which is largely around post, post-maternity. But I thought, why not take it a step further? I mean, the benefits of it is really what um, women generally use as shapewear. Why not combine that into a legging so women don't have to keep wearing two pair of clothing since that they just wear one and get the same benefit? It was a really long um, journey to find a good manufacturer, etc. And one of the key takeaways that I took from the course as well, it's it's about finding manufacturers that are close to you. Because initially I, I was looking at, you know, the, I was I'm based in London, and I was looking at the Far East, and I found I found it really really hard. Even though the cost was good, but I just found it hard to translate the quality. And that's when, you know, when Greta shared her experience of going far east versus going local to start local is a lot better you can manage the quality 
that was really great advice because that's the route eventually I went down. I was really glad to have found um, a really good manufacturer eventually because that was one of the largest or the biggest challenge for me with creating a very specific product because it's a compression leggings. It's seamless. So they had a very specific machine for it as well and just it was a process and I and I almost nearly gave up but then I just kept pushing along I said I'll just find one other person who can perhaps introduce me and and it just sort of all just came together and I thought you know what the fact that I found a manufacturer I'm gonna keep moving on so in a nutshell that's how my leggings which is now called Invisibelly came about and even the name you know I, I posted different options for the naming process in the group as well, the um, start and scale start and scale group, which I had a lot of feedback on, and different groups which my target market was in. So, all in all, I I took away you know like all the learnings that I got from Greta's course, put it to practice, and got the feedback out of it, and also overcame the fear of reaching out because one of the things I found initially was just reaching out to people and thinking, oh God, what are they going to say about my product? Is it going to be rubbish? Are they going to say don't waste your time? I mean, you do get lots of different feedback it's just you need to be able to filter filter through them and just take what you need to take to move forward and decide for yourself so that's yeah that's kind of my product in a nutshell and how it all came about amazing and you've had an exceptional launch um you, you raised forty six thousand. uh this is pounds um, pounds yes yeah, this is pounds 500 people have have bought uh, pre-ordered this product um, before it even exists and that's I believe one of the best forms of validation out there and you know you've tapped into the Kickstarter platform and you didn't have to you know you obviously had had built a small audience of of uh, people that were interested in the product before you launched but this is an exceptional result because you know when I think about when I first launched founder on the first day you know, we made $5 and in the first month, we made, you know, $100. Like it's, it's crazy that this is an exceptional launch. You should be really proud of yourself. Like, uh, you know, for, for no audience um, to be able to do this. Yes. I mean, thank you so much. I, I guess going through the process, I felt like it, you know, initially I was telling us I probably it wasn't a great launch because I see everyone doing a six figure launch and maybe I didn't hit the mark. But then again, I also had to remind myself, I, I chose to get into startup is to be around my young children and therefore my time is not what I used to have. Like when I was in banking, I had all the time, I was really super optimized, you know, I got everything done ahead of schedule, et cetera. And I found, you know, trying to adjust that you may not always get everything on time or done as, as best as you want it to be. And it's okay because I had a very small launch, but that was also partly because um, one of my sons fell ill, so I had to pause my efforts and when I kind of had to start again I had to decide do I just go ahead and launch it or do I kind of wait and build up the list again and I was on this time constraint so I just went ahead and launched anyway and I said you know what whatever happens it will be a good validation so I'm I'm really pleased for that and that is the other thing that I took away from from just talking to entrepreneurs in the group and and also you know just learning in general that until you launch, you're never going to know. And it's and it's your first launch. You're, you're going to learn a lot from it. So it's, it may not be perfect, but, but just be happy with what you get because then it's really good validation as to where you can head towards as your next step. Yeah, 100%. Like, look, I I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about these companies that do six-figure launches or any of this other rubbish. Like, there's so much, 
there's so much stuff out there, right? Like this is exceptional. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, for for you to ha- be able to launch a new product that doesn't even exist in the marketplace and, you, you, you know, this is fresh, you didn't have an audience, you didn't have a brand for a brand new brand to be able to generate, you know, like I'm, I'm not sure what that is in the US dollars, but it's probably about 70000 US yeah. dollars um, and, and to generate that in your first month of, of business, obviously, you know, that you're going to have to produce that product now and, and, yep. and, you know, manufacture it and then ship it out to people. Um, yep. You know, that that's a very, very bright future for your business um, because, you know, if you can generate that amount of revenue, because you have to remember, right, and we felt that we found this with our Kickstarter campaign is, is there it's a certain type of person that, that is, is very patient that buys something and has to wait for a long time to receive it. Um, yeah. So what you'll find is when you actually, you know, once you've fulfilled all your backers' orders and you've set up your Shopify store and, and you know, following everything Greta says on all that front, um, mm-hmm. there's no reason that you can't start to, you know, build a brand, use the Instagram course, build the audience using Instagram there's no reason yeah. why you can't build a really, really great sustainable business um, off the back of, uh, of this launch because you validate the product. You'll be able to pay for, you know, a decent run of product. Um, yeah. You have some surplus of extra product, which, you know, you can maximise profit selling over your Shopify store without even giving a commission to Kickstarter. And then you use, you know, Instagram or, you know, one of these social channels. I believe Instagram's the best out there for physical products and yeah. and organic, you know, building a, an organic following that, that drives organic traffic from Instagram where you maximise profit. Um, you, you know, you're, you're cooking, like you're cooking with oil and gas. So this is like, you know, I, I think you should, you should be really excited um, because this is, you know, it looks like a great product and it's got a really, really strong future. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, you know, just the support and encouragement that I've gotten from the group itself is so valuable that is helping me move forward. So so thank you as well for, for your kind compliments. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. So talk to me about, I guess, I know, I know the audience would be curious um, if they are wanting to launch a physical product. Like why Kickstarter? Why, why Kickstarter versus just launching it, um, you know, just on Shopify? Um, and building the brand from scratch um, and just going straight direct through Shopify, um, like, you know, with, with Emily, my my partner's um, yep. business, you know, no, no Kickstarter, just launched on Shopify, produced the stock in the warehouse and then off you go. Why, why Kickstarter? Why crowdfunding? So it was two things. One, I wanted to get validation in terms of do people actually – I mean, I, I have already asked – people around me and also like an extended group on, on Facebook groups, etc. But I just wanted to see if people really did put their money where their mouth is. And I felt Kickstarter is a great way because they are, they are, we are pre-ordering, which means they are paying in advance. And that's a good way for me to know. Plus, it's also a good, um, I suppose, I say validation tool in terms of branding because if you if you can say you successfully funded on Kickstarter, you can take it to potentially retailers if you want to and say, hey, you know, I raised 500 orders um, just pre-launch and it seems like it's going well, etc. So I could just use it as as a as a future validation, brand validation, if you like, to kind of if I wanted to raise more funding to build out the line, for example, or just just to kind of expand. 
um, where I can sell the brand to. So it was really two things. And also the cost of producing my leggings were not cheap. And one of the key learnings that I found is that, you know, you don't want to launch to crickets. You know, you could pre-order um, 600 pairs of leggings and then realize nobody wants it. So one of the things I found useful with Kickstarter as well is you get a lot of these backers who will tell you what they want, who will ask you about sizing. And what I found is there was uh, there was a group of, of women who wanted much um, bigger sizing, so the plus sizing, and I realized that's a market that I hadn't tapped into previously, and it's a market that I should be looking into. So it also gives you um, insights and feedback as to what clients really want. So I found that useful because sometimes when you just launch and you, know, you kind of get feedback maybe by people not buying the product or you know not saying anything so then I felt this way they are actually really really honest they tell you like it is and they also tell you why why they like it I mean I even had a guy reach out to me and ask if if I was doing it for men and I said um not yet but there's something I'll definitely think about yeah so so it is definitely a good research tool as well because now I I've increased um the sizing from just the four sizing that I had to six, and I'm just talking to my manufacturers now to see how I can work that out. So it, and also with my minimum orders, they were I had to go by size and color. So it was going to be a lot for me to kind of take on without knowing people would buy or not. If the product cost was really low, then I wouldn't have minded just getting some samples and sending it out to say influencers, etc. So for me it was it was two pronged because I wanted to be careful with how I spent my capital as well. And I felt this is a great way. And if for whatever reason Kickstarter didn't work well, I, I had so much of takeaways and learnings from it as well. So I mean I'm glad I got funded and and you know did pretty pretty decently. So that's really good feedback. I mean that's the only difference I would say between just doing it on Kickstarter versus Shopify. I guess on Shopify, if you have a really big list, you've been nurturing them ahead of launch, there's no reason why you wouldn't do well. That was something I didn't manage to do well just because of my own um, family, um, you know, admin and things that I had to manage, which I felt then maybe I could just tap into the Kickstarter crowd. But also I'd been doing a lot of research on Kickstarter to see what worked, what didn't, what kind of, you know, how do you position your products, etc. So it was still... Um, you know, effort that went into it. I don't want someone to think that Kickstarter is easier than Shopify or Shopify is easier. Both are equally, um, you know, you have to put in the effort if you want to get the results. Mm, yeah, I agree. So out of curiosity, um, I guess when it comes to this product and and everything that you're working on, when uh, how, how long will it take? So you've got a de- December delivery date. So that's, um, you know, we're recording in August. So that's, Yep. Uh, five, four, four months from now. Um, yes. So what's next? So what's next is I've been talking to my manufacturers and because my manufacturers is based in Europe, they all go on a very long summer holiday. So mm-hmm. they're currently on a summer holiday and therefore I had to, um, you know, kind of get an idea of, of pre-launch numbers, etc. ahead of time. To, to send it over to them and that's why the delivery time is also slightly delayed because from from July to to September actually they they are off and they only come back I think first or second second week of September and that's when they get production running again and etc so I was trying to really 
hit that time. And initially, I was actually going to hit it way before that. But because of my timeline delays, I couldn't hit that. I was originally planning on delivering everything by July and, you know, launching March, etc. So because that would have been a lot easier to manage the production. But things don't always work out as you want it to be, as you would always realize with launching. So mm. I'm just making the most. And, and therefore, I think December is, is a pretty decent lead time without disappointing customers as well, because I don't want to promise something that I can't deliver. And what I'm hoping is that I can get my production sorted by end of October. So it comes to me in November and I can start shipping it out. And it's always nice if I could achieve it a little earlier rather than saying, you know, fingers crossed rather than kind of not achieving the deadline. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. And I'm also now just finalizing the packaging and things like that. And you, just keeping it simple, just so you have good customer experience, but, you know, not going overboard because I'm still having to manage my costs really, really tightly. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's key. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like the um, the reason that you did the Kickstarter around, I guess, you know, risk minimization and, and also, yeah, like, you know, people are essentially, um, because the product is, you know, this is a quite a um, disruptive product. I think that's that's important. You know, um, a lot of people think that you, you go to crowdfunding to just raise money, um, but you have to have a purpose behind it. And this is quite a, a disruptive product and, and the world needs to know, um, you need to know with the, if the world and the market thinks it should exist. So, um, you know, part of that is, you know, people will, will give you the capital to bring this product to life. So, no, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, having said that, I've also received a couple of messages from other startup founders and other startup groups who who just completely slam me down saying you're wasting your time and it's a crowded market and etc but then I was thinking it's a crowded market for everything you just have to you know find a way to differentiate yourself I mean people are selling I remember a company that was selling linens and they are doing well and there's so many shoe brands and they're doing well and shoes I, I feel it's a pretty crowded market as well so it, it's about being resilient as well with feedback because you will get people just slamming you down every step of the way saying it doesn't work or you know I mean I just take it as maybe they wanted to do it and they didn't <laughs> yeah well that's crazy that people are doing that like that's unbelievable because you know, I, I've heard it too, right? Like with Founder, there's plenty of business magazines, right? There's plenty of, yeah. of gurus and people producing content around entrepreneurship and there's plenty of big big media companies producing content around entrepreneurship. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important that you don't worry about the naysayers. I've, I've been told many times back in the day, you know, what, I, what I'm working on won't work and, and uh, you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do has, has tried to be done before and can't be done and you know it's a broken model and it's uh, you know magazines are dying and all this kind of rubbish and you know funnily enough some of those people have actually come back to me and, and want to do like work with us or, or want to be associated by us so you know it's funny you know I think the key part is, like you said, is, is you can always differentiate yourself. And that's something that I think that was a big, you know, when we were working with Greta producing the course and and really just understanding how she does things. Because she, she, you know, when we found Greta, or I, 
we'd find her. I, I was friends with her before before any of this, and um, you know, I, I we knew that there was a, a demand, like similar to yourself, we knew there was a demand um, for teaching a course around starting an e-commerce business. We surveyed our audience, and um, you know, the community had spoken, and and we, you know, set me and Dave put our heads together, and I I'd met Greta before, and I said, you know. This would be the perfect person to do this. She's done it four times. Um, yes. And, you know, obviously, you know, she, she's doing something right. And, you know, she had no personal brand. No one knew who she was. And, um, you know, we had to sit down there and work through it with her. And and she she didn't even know herself how she did it. Like, you know, I, I had to kind of, I, we had to come up with this framework, right? And, and yeah. you know, this is what you've done every time. And we, we got her to break it all down. And, I guess where I'm going with this was a big aha epiphany moment for me was when Greta talks about changing the dimensions of, of a product and like, you know, with the fifth watches, right? Um, yeah. Like, you know, it, it, there's plenty of watch brands out there, but what she did was she changed one of the dimensions, which was around the scarcity around when the product is sold. So they sold it on the fifth of every month for five yeah. days and that, that unique spin was the was just the one component that 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 really made the product stand out. Obviously, it's a great watch, and you know, Greta's exited that company now. But I think just that's a great example to, you know, there's plenty. There's so many watch brands out there. There's plenty of people that could say, "Yeah, you're wasting your time," but you just, you know, you just gotta you just gotta not listen. Yes, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, look, um, we'll work towards wrapping up, Shamanth. But okay, um, I was going to say, was there anything that you wanted to share that you wish you knew um, before uh, you know you, you started on this journey? Any any key pieces of advice you'd like to share with the community? Sure. I think one of the biggest biggest things that I found, especially for me coming from a banking background, uh, and I say that because you know, you're doing a pretty good job and to give that up to, to kind of start from, you know, ground zero is hard. But I think for, for those of us who really want to do it, you should just go for it. So you will feel the fear. And I, I want to say that I feel the fear every day, but now I harness it into excitement and say, okay, let's find a way to, you know, what's next and what's next and be excited about it rather than allow it to pull me down into negativity because a lot of times that's where a lot of us stop ourselves from doing what we really want or launching that product. So it's if, if I'd known, like now I'll, I'll launch and, and had I known, like I would do a decent amount, like I didn't have to worry about all that, you know, many, many months ago. So I would say just, just take that step each day. Some days will be hard, some days it'll be easy, but just keep going. If you really believe that you want to do it, just keep moving each day. That's That's what I would say. Amazing. Awesome. Well, look, um, we'll work towards wrapping up there, but I just want to say congratulations on all of your success thus far. Um, we've been cheering for you uh, at, at the office. Um, you know, we're, we're very familiar and we've been watching your journey from afar. And, um, yeah, we're really excited that you've uh, said you wanted to come on and share your story with our community. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how far you can take this product and then what happens next. So I think the real magic, I believe, 
the real magic is going to happen post Kickstarter when you can sell this product every single day. So I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to speak with me and uh, congratulations again uh, for being just an amazing inspiration. And we've seen you plugging away for a while and it's just great that you get these kind of results. You know, you've raised almost five times what you wanted to raise. You've validated your product. You've raised the capital to produce that product, mitigating as much risk as possible. And now you've got 500 um, backers that are there to support you, give you all the feedback you need for other SKUs. And uh, yeah, you're doing great. So keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Nathan. And thank you so much for having me as well. I'm, you know, I'm really honored. Thank you. Wow. How cool was that? I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that interview with Shamanth. Uh, it's just incredible what you can do with time, persistence, and just utilizing, you know, a, f- a proven framework. Um, incredible. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Now, next up, we have Monique and Chevello. Now, these guys, like I said, um, really cool couple. They had an offline business. They were doing a lot of stuff in retail, selling their, their burger sauces around the country and marinade. And uh, it's called Charleston Gourmet Burgers. And uh, I've got to get some of this stuff. It's, it sounds amazing. But anyways, they followed Greta's formula. Uh, in the first two months, they grew their online operations by 5,700% following Greta's formula. Um, like incredible story. This is an amazing couple. They do some really, really powerful tactics that you're going to learn firsthand how you can grow your store. Because they already had a product, right? but they didn't know how to grow it and uh, you're going to learn a ton here. All right, so let's take it over to Monique and Chevalo. Can you guys kind of just tell us, um, like, uh, h- how did you guys get started with uh, Charleston uh, Gourmet Burger Company? And, um, you know, uh, yeah, tell us tell us about the sources and, and uh, how did it all start? Well, we call Charleston Gourmet Burger Company uh, accidental business. I mean, one thing... I'm Chavala Wilson Debriano, and my wife is Monique Wilson Debriano, and we both love burgers. And even from the time we just started dating, you know, our first date was at a burger joint, and we just burgers were just part of our, our life and what we enjoyed. And we'd go around, you know, trying to find new burger places and everything. And when we ended up um, getting married and moving to Charleston, we decided to have a cookout and invite family and friends to to come to our home. And since we love burgers, we said, let's do something special. Yeah, so um, basically we just threw a hodgepodge of ingredients together. And, you know, we, we weren't really sure what it would taste like, but we knew that these were ingredients that we love. So we went to the farmer's market, got a bunch of stuff, threw it together, and, we just said, you know what? The idea is to try it. Let's see if we like the way these burgers come out. But we got so busy. Like that first party we had here, we had like over a hundred guests coming to our home. And before I knew, yeah, I mean, it was a really big party. Before I knew it, people were heading down our driveway. And I just looked at Chevalo and I was like, you know what? Let's just sell it. We're gonna, Let's just serve it. I mean, I said, we're going to just serve it. And, um, you know, if people hate it, we have so many other things that they could eat. Like we had a chef doing pulled pork and we had like all the special things that people eat 
when they come to Charleston. And so we thought if they hate the burgers, they'll eat something else. And a few minutes into the cookout, maybe like 30, 40 minutes, my mother comes and she's like, what did you do to the hamburgers? And so I kind of ignored her because I thought it meant they tasted awful. So I kind of just walked by her like I didn't hear what she said. And so then she comes back again and she's pulling on my shirt. She's like, what is going on with these burgers? Look at your grill. And we had a line of like 30 people at the grill. My poor brother-in-law, he's supposed to be a guest. He's on the grill with like, you know, sweating, like trying to help serve burgers. And I just laughed and I said to my husband, oh my gosh, we should sell these. But I mean, I was really just joking. And I thought she was out of her mind. I mean, we're not burger salesmen. I mean, I'm, you know, formerly an emergency worker with the fire department in New York, 9-11 survivor, Ronika's. It was in retail and and it, it with Target and Lowe's Corporation. We weren't burger salesmen. No. But, you know, the next year, we had another cookout and people were asking for uh, these marinated burgers, these burgers that tasted special. And that's when I said, you know what? Maybe Monique's joke is really not a joke. Maybe we should go for it. And that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So... Um, you know, be, before we, uh, before we hit record, you guys said, um, that, uh, you guys mainly, uh, sell, uh, through wholesale and, uh, also on QVC. That's pretty impressive. Like, can you tell us about that and, and, and how you, uh, uh, started producing the sources and, and like, are you, like, are you producing it all locally? And, and yeah, tell us about how all that works. Well, when we were at the farmer's market serving, we started out in a farmer's market serving burgers. That's how we originally started when we said we're going to start this business. Yes, towed a grill behind our car, set it up and just sell burger, burgers to people uh, right then and there. The grill, all the smoke and all the We looked juices. absolutely ridiculous, like loading all of the stuff behind our car. And towing and so, the kids also. And our kids in the car. And so... Um, so we would do that, but people would call us from other states and sometimes even other countries. countries and they were yeah. like, wow. I can't, yeah, they were like, I can't stop thinking about that burger I had. It was so good. Is there any other place I can get it? Do you guys franchise? So once we started getting these calls on a regular basis, we were like, man, people really love the taste of this burger. We have to figure out how everyone can enjoy the burger. And so, you know, we started brainstorming ideas on how we could make that happen. And so Shavala's so idea- My original idea was we were going to just uh, uh, grill up the burgers ourselves, and then we were going to wrap it in plastic bags, put it in the refrigerator, freezer, <laughs> and then we're going to ship it in boxes uh, uh, across to other countries. And, and then we thought we probably will kill people. So we can't ship meat in boxes all over the world. So that's not going to be a good idea. We can't do that. Yes. And so I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? People can get their own meat anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. So let's just bottle the ingredients, the marinade, what makes the burger taste so good, and that will be our product. And we can ship that all over the world. And so that was the I that's how our marinade came you came to be. We just said, you know what, we're gonna bottle our ingredients and let them make their own Charleston Gourmet burger wherever they are. And so we bottled it as as Monique said, 
but our main focus then was to get it in retail stores and retail stores like like Whole Foods Market and and there's a Harris Teeter here and other stores picked us up. We're in Walmart, but our whole social media campaign was geared towards awareness for the customers to go into the store to be able to purchase our products. And we had success with that if because we would go around and do different in-store demos or we would introduce a new market. And having that product awareness for people was important, at least to know that our product was in the store and for people to go and pick it up. So that's where our social media campaign were geared towards. It wasn't necessarily towards a direct-to-consumer purchase. Yeah, so that's what we started with. But when we started bottling the marinade, you know, Shavala and I brought home all those boxes and we were looking at each other like, will will this ever leave our home? We had so many boxes of product mm-hmm. and we were like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do with all of this stuff that, that we decided that, you know, we're going to bottle it. What are we going to do with it? And so we actually put it in our car and we went to, uh, I think our first store we went to, we approached was Whole Foods and we just worked up enough nerve to walk in the store and to ask them, you know, you know, we're, and we didn't even know what to say. Like, you know, when you're in the grocery business, when you're in the food business, they have their own language. Like, we didn't know any of that at all. Like, we totally did not know what we were doing. So we just kind of walk in and we're like, we think we may have a product that may work for your store. And we just started talking. And when we finished, the guy is like, okay, well, when you have it, bring it back to me. I'll try it. And if I like it, we'll see about getting you going. Because at that point, I think we knew we knew when it was going to come off the production line, but we hadn't had it yet. But so I was like, oh, my gosh, could it really be this easy? Could you just have to ask to go in a store and they'll really let you in? So we were like, this is amazing. And so we left Whole Foods and we went out of the driveway of Whole Foods and we went to another grocery store chain, which is right across the street. And we did the same thing. And, and they were like so impressed with us. They were like, oh, well, here's our corporate buying office and this is who you need to contact. And so that's how we really started getting in retail. We just started approaching them based on our excitement about our product. And, you know, we weren't really following any rules, which we weren't even aware there were rules at that point. (laughs) We were just trying to, you know, just trying to just see what would happen, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so how long have you guys been selling the marinades for? Yeah, um, we our, our first bottle came off the production line November two thousand thirteen. Yeah, yeah wow. so yep. And so you've been doing uh, retail, and and sounds like been doing it quite well. As, as you mentioned, you you've been on QVC. Um, it looks like you guys are in Whole Foods, Walmart, uh, Lowe's. Uh, I'm not familiar with that that supermarket. Yeah, Lowe's yeah. Home Improvement. Lowe's um, Home Improvement. You know, like yeah. like Home Depot, but Lowe's. Uh, so our it. idea, like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like, why are you in Lowe's? Like they sell like wood and stuff for your home. <laughs> like, why are you in there? But our thinking was, why don't you put our product right next to the grills? Because when you buy a grill, you're excited. And the first thing you want to do is cook out. So wouldn't it be pretty awesome just to have a sauce or marinade right there by the grill. That way you can pick that up at the same time you pick up a grill. 
So that was kind of our thinking. And sometimes you have to kind of think outside the box. So that was our reasoning of why we wanted to go in Lowe's. Yeah, that's really smart. Okay, yeah. Look, yeah. I, obviously, I'm not from America, so I'm not familiar 100% with retail, but no, that sounds pretty impressive. So, um, like, uh, talk to me, like you said, you guys um, – you guys said that you sold sold on you were selling online, but but B two C wasn't really direct to consumer wasn't really a strong play. Like um, you know, uh, you you guys are are making like some really good money at the moment. Um, uh, as uh, you know, you shared shared with our team and and uh, are following Greta's course uh, start and scale and and her method for selling product online. But um, I'm curious, like uh, what uh, where where were you at when it when it come to B two C? Well, when we, you know, our online stuff, you know, like I said, we had, we had a shopping cart, but we really weren't savvy with, you know, as far as like Greta spoke about, uh, you know, the abandoned shopping cart. I didn't even know we had an abandoned shopping cart. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. I was like, oh, is that there? Like, you know, like they didn't even know, or there's a way to get those people to come back if they leave it in the cart. Like, you know, we didn't because that really wasn't our focus. You know, we would we would go on TV and sell and it would sell from QVC's website and that was fine for us. Or people would just walk into a grocery store and could pick up our product. So for us, it was like maybe we may may get 10 sales a month or something like that, which and that to us was fine. But and but we and we had no like reports, like we weren't doing any of that before Greta's course. So when I, I actually had the idea, we were in a, in the green room at QVC and I heard some of the other reps talking about how they sell just as much product from their personal website as when they go on QVC. And so, you know, uh, when we were heading back home, I was discussing it with Shivalo. I'm like, man, could that really be true? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we knew people were coming to our website. We knew people mm-hmm. were looking were looking us up. And so it was a matter of, gee, how do we try to to harness these people? I mean, it's we have done different appearances besides QVC, but we have. I've, I've done like we done, did a show a uh, uh, show with the Food Network and um, we've been on TV with the with the Today Show. We've done different different media events, and so we know we would have people come to our website and put their eyes on our website. But we never really harnessed those people as customers. They would just come and and look and then would go, you know, would just go about their their business. Like we weren't even collecting emails. Like I it, yeah, it, wow. like say that now, but I'm like, no, like we weren't doing any of that at all. Like we weren't, we didn't have an email list. Like we weren't, weren't sending out, like we weren't doing any, like people would come and that was it. Like we would have, because that just wasn't our focus at all. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, so obviously, um, you guys enrolled in, in Greta's course and, um, I'm curious, like, uh, what was it about her course that you guys thought would, um, it would be a, a good move to learn from her and how, how she goes about things of, of selling physical products and starting physical products and selling them online? Well, we were actually on our way back to Charleston, um, after we filmed, um, a, a one of our QVC shows and I had a lot of time to kill. So I was on Facebook. And I saw, you know, I was just scrolling through my timeline and Greta's course popped up. And so I was like, you know what? This seems really interesting. Let me 
put in my information and I have all this time. Let me just, let me just check it out. And so I watched the entire video um, and I loved how she had the case studies in there. And what really caught my eye is there was um, a case study where the guy didn't have a lot of products. Um, he had like some kind of beard oil or something like that. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Gamal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't have a ton of products because, you know, initially I was thinking, oh, well, we're probably not going to be able to sell that much online because we don't have, you know, we only have a few products. You know, we have a handful. We don't have a ton. And so I was thinking, oh, well, those people that make a lot of money online, they have a lot of products. And so when I saw his, I was like, wait a minute, he doesn't have a lot of products and he's killing it online. And so I just got so excited. So I was like, okay, wait. And then I just kept listening, you know, to Greta. And I, and then I ended up after I watched it, because I was watching it by myself. I had my headphones on. I think Shavalo may have been sleeping. And so once I had a chance to tell Shavalo, I was like, you have to look at this course that I just saw. And I think we should take it. Now, Nathan, I will definitely put this disclaimer in there that I am a course junkie. Like I take, <laughs> I am a course junkie. I need like a twelve. But I'm always buying these courses, and unfortunately, they don't work. And so, Shivalo, you know, I was a little nervous to bring it to Shivalo because I thought he was going to be like another course, Monique. Like really, like so, I was a little scared. But, um, but I. But the thing with the, this course and what I really liked about it, you know, one, like some courses are too uh, basic and they just give basic repeat information that's available on all courses or, or just in basic tutorials. But what I liked about this course is it brought you really from the basic step by step. And that's another thing. You People have a course and they may gloss over something and, and talk about a concept but not really teach you step by step how to do it and how to do it successfully and also have testimonials and case studies and people who have actually done it. So that's what attracted me to it to say, well, wait a second, maybe this is worth the, the investment because you're, because one, there was basic information and there was some information that we already knew, but we knew that other stuff was coming up in the additional modules or after that can really be specific and take our business to the next level. So that's what made me get excited and say, you know what, this is a great thing. Yeah, amazing. And I think for us, like what's important for us when, um, I guess, because we're, you know, fundamentally a, a, a magazine first and foremost, um, I think what really uh, I think is important to us because uh, now we're starting to produce a lot of courses is any of our teachers that we get to teach, um, you know, they have to have, have done whatever they're teaching with their own business at a very large scale or they've done it multiple times. And like, you know, obviously Greta, she's just amazing. And, uh, you know, she's built four multi-million dollar e-commerce stores selling products online. So um, I think that's, that's really important because uh, I think you will find that a lot of, um, you know, courses online, um, unfortunately, like you said, Monique, just, yeah, they're just, uh, you know, uh, sometimes not, not, not as strong. And that's where I, I'm really excited because I think what we're building is, is really special because, you know, we can, can, we can connect 
our audience with all these incredible founders that we, you know, have in our network and we interview them for the magazine, we interview the podcast and, and um, yeah, we ask them to teach. Exactly. It, it, it makes a difference when who's explaining the course has credibility and, and not just the knowledge, but has done it before. Yeah. And that's another thing that really attracted uh, us to it. Yeah, amazing. So, so talk me through, guys. Like, so, so what happened next? Tell me, tell me what happened next. So he went through the course. Um, what happened next? Like, uh, what, what, what has been some game change? What, like, what have you been implementing? Because you guys have been selling quite, quite, like, you're doing well online now. Yeah. Well, what happened? You know, we made the transition, and we were already thinking about this because we had been using WordPress for years. We had a WordPress site, and. I loved WordPress. I loved everything about WordPress, but I kept hearing the word Shopify and I kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And so I said to Shavala, I think we really need to get a Shopify website. And, you know, we were both nervous about it because our, we had always had WordPress and we really didn't know a lot about Shopify. In WordPress, you use plugins to kind of make everything work. Shopify you know, you use these apps, but I still really wasn't quite sure. So Greta's course did help um, with that because I really didn't know a lot about the apps. And so what we did, we immediately, um, right before Greta's course, I believe, we actually got a Shopify site, but we had like the free, like the really, really basic Shopify site. It wasn't live. Um, we didn't have any apps installed on it and so but after, we still try to get some sales yeah we still, we, we still try yeah we still try we realize uh, that uh i we because originally the idea was get a shopify site we're going to get online sales and we're going to be killing it yes it's going to work but um but you know it was a few things we had to realize you know with our with our site because we were so used to using awareness like the site really was just talking about shivalo and i it wasn't really set up to sell. And so when the customer went to the site, sure, you have a ton of information about Shavala and I and what we're doing and where we're going to appear next, but it really wasn't clear to customers where to purchase. And so what I did is I went in the community, I started clicking around, um, I started looking at other people's sites, I started reading information. And I said to Shavala, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to upgrade this, our site, our Shopify store. So we're going to buy a better upgraded one, you know, that looks really clean, that kind of, you know, has a little bit more bells and whistles. And so that's what we did. We upgraded our website. We got um, a, a template. Actually, we started using a template very similar to the, the people that had the beard oil, because I liked how clean their site looked. So we ended up switching our template and then we ended up doing a lot of the stuff Greta said, like the pop-up on the side to show like who's buying. We did that. Um, one of the best things we did was we have a pop-up. So when you go to our website, it invites you to be part of our grilling, our grilling club and you get a coupon. And so who doesn't like a good coupon? And so, you know, we're like, okay, we have to start collecting these people's emails. And so we we went, we put that up, and we immediately started having people. Um, you know, put in their email address. And for me, it was like, when we got our first email, I was like, oh my God, this works. Like someone put in their email. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had never done that before. Yeah, wow. you know, 
yeah, we've never, you know, we've done all of these, you know, people look at our resume and we, we've done all these things, but here we are having a party because we got one email. But for us, it was like gold. So I was like, if we can get one, we could get a thousand and we can get a thousand. So I felt like, like there was no stopping us. So we started collecting the emails. Um, that was a big deal for us. And we started like using the plugins. I started looking at the reports that Shopify has and, and really doing that upgrade. That was a game changer within itself because I could see like where, where are these customers coming from? Our, our customer return rate. I started doing things to retain them. Um, as far as like sending out an email, we actually ended up doing a sales funnel to where we had a freebie. <laughs> and so we, we have like little free samples now that we can actually send to people. Um, you know, we're doing like a Facebook ad. So it's like so many good ideas that Greta was suggesting, you know, that we had never thought about. We honestly had just not given it thought. And our first month of sales after taking the course just blew us away. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's so cool to hear guys. And, um, I'm curious as well. Uh, you said um, that uh, you know you you started um, collecting people's email addresses. Um, can you talk to us about like the power of email marketing? Because I think you know a lot of people are talking about you know messenger bots and all these other things. Um, but you know, I, I my my businesses and founder like I I, I still we, we still see so much power in email marketing like. You know, so you guys were, were doing promotional campaigns or, or what exactly we're doing? Because we actually give you the templates to use to send to do like promo and stuff. Yes. So um, one of the first emails that we decided we were going to do was a thank you email that Greta suggested. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And yes. um, makes a, a, a big difference. This is funny because that's something that um, we actually kind of slightly debated about at first because we said to ourselves, you know, we don't like being bombarded with, with emails from different companies every day. And we're deleting so many different emails and we just don't want to be another company that just sends out random emails to people. So we were a little bit kind of questioning about it at first, but when Greta said it, and we set up that thank you email. That has been such a big difference with our business. Customers respond and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this email. And we're like, what? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, these people, they're like, oh, I've never gotten a thank you email. And we just could not believe how powerful, there's not one day that goes by that someone does not respond to that email and is like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. For being thoughtful. Um, another thing we started doing is we we write thank you notes in all of the boxes that go out now. So oh, no matter yeah. who's packing a box, that on that packing slip you have to you know we there's something handwritten to each and every customer. Whoever packs, they know they have to write write out you know something on that note. And the customers actually are like, oh my gosh, when I received my package, I was so excited because I got a handwritten thank you note like that was powerful but the thank you the thank you email is really what what sets it off and people feel that they're a kind of a personal connection yes. to us so that's what's making us say oh boy we got to continue it in in some way even when we're shipping the item 
but the thank you email has has created business for us because it's made the customer feel that they're part of almost like a family. And I would never think that could happen with an email. Just that little email. But like now we do like weekly sales and we're like sending out emails, which we've never done before. And we'll track it like we have the discount codes. And so we can track it to see, you know, are these people just people that were coming to purchase anyway? Or are they purchasing because we actually sent them an email? And so, you know, that's pretty amazing when we decide, okay, this this week's sale is going to be whatever. And this is a coupon code. And when I actually see people start redeeming it, it's just, you know, I don't know if it'll ever get old, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, this works. Like you can send them an email and, and it works. So it's it's just pretty, it's, it's just awesome to be able to have tools and to say, okay, this is what you guys need to do and we do it and it really works. Yeah, amazing. And I think I think what's really cool as well is is obviously you guys are doing a really great job on the retail front. So this is just another another channel for you guys and um, you can um, I'm going to guess be able to maintain a little bit more profit as opposed to wholesaling. Exactly. You know, with the wholesaling, you know, you have so many, you know, you have the huge, you know, freight costs, you know, with, with shipping, you know, pallets and pallets of product. And then you also have the margin, you know, you're so there's so many different things that you're having to take out before you even make a profit. And so with us, with direct to consumer, you know, which is becoming huge for all types of companies, but, you know, it just, it just makes more sense, you know, it's, and it's definitely a lot more profitable than being in retail. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's good to have both. And like you, because like, you know, someone might see you guys, um, you know, in a retail outlet builds a lot of authority brand and credibility for, you know, everything that you guys are doing with your source. And then basically, uh, you know, people might see you guys, um, online or they'll go and search for you online or somewhere and they can just easily buy. So it right. kind of works hand in hand. Exactly. And uh, direct to consumer also has benefits. We can have a little bit more control over the product and, and how we present and information given to it. And of course, with the, with the tracking, it's a, it's a whole lot better to be able to, to do that than just in retail when someone can make a purchase and we don't know who they are, their demographics, you know, why they're buying, you know, what, you know, age group, all those sort of things that are a lot easier to track, you know, when it's direct to consumer. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, we have to work towards wrapping up guys. It's been an awesome conversation. I'm, I'm really pumped and excited after speaking with you both. Um, so I guess, uh, what's next for you guys? Well, the course came right on time because we are going to be launching um, our frozen cheeseburger line on our website. And so ah. that is, uh, yeah, that's going to be next. So you'll actually be able to go to our website and order cheeseburgers and it's delivered right to your front door. So that's what we're working on next. Yeah. So this is a real exciting time and as uh you know we feel good following Greta's directions you know we didn't question many things with Greta it's like you know Greta said go left we went left Greta said go right we went right but it's become so good that 
it's making us feel like, you know what, maybe we could start considering a manufacturing facility even closer to where we live or something that that we can have more direct control over to kind of aid in the direct to uh, consumer sales because it has been getting wild and, and crazy with how many orders we're having to ship out and you know kind of doing this ourselves and or or outsourcing it we're going to look to put those put that all together and make that more efficient so those are all future things that we have to do because of you know following Greta's course yeah oh, that's so cool guys this is so great to hear well look um congratulations on you know both of your success like um it's really really inspiring Chevelle and Monique like I know we interview a lot of you know founders that have billion dollar companies and all these crazy stuff but one one thing that a lot of people request is is to hear from people that are on the ground level in the trenches just like you guys just building your business early days but you guys are absolutely killing it and it's really inspiring and I'm glad that um our work at Founder and, and uh, you know, Greta's course, um, Start and Scale, has been able to help facilitate your growth. So I just wanted to say congratulations on all your success. If uh, people want to find out more about Charleston uh, Gourmet Burgers, uh, uh, Burger Sauce and Marinade, um, you can go to charlestongourmetburger.com. Is that right? That's right. That <laughs> yes. Correct. And, uh, yes, on all social media, right? It's, it's Charleston Gourmet, Gourmet Burger. Burger. Awesome. All right. Well, look, um, thank you so much for your time, guys. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so it's much. It's a pleasure for us. Thank you for having us. Great. How awesome was that? <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed Monique and Chevello. Uh, incredible people, right? Um, you know, it's it's just amazing what you can do with a simple idea and putting it out into the world. Um, just a great story. And, uh, yeah, these guys are living the dream. Amazing story. Uh, I had such a pleasure meeting those guys and chatting with them and just hearing everything that they've got going on. They're killing it. All right. So last, we have Adam Hendel from ballwash.com. Now, this guy follows, once again, Someone that's followed Greta's formula. He's grown a seven-figure business in only seven months. And uh, he has followed Greta's framework to a T. He started an incredible company called Ballwash. And the branding is so on point, the execution, the marketing. You guys are going to hear how he's done it with a very, very unique product. A product, even to be honest, Shooting straight, I didn't like, you know, if I saw it on face value, I'd be like, hmm, yeah, wow, interesting. Um, but yeah, wow, this this guy's an absolute superstar and you're going to learn, you know, how he went from zero to over seven figures in seven months. All right, we saved the best to last. Well, they're all awesome, but wow. All right, guys, you're in for a treat. Now let's take it over to Adam. Well, um, the first question um, that I, I, I just wanted to ask is – um. Yeah. Can you tell us about uh, your your product, man? Like uh, talk to us about uh, what you're working on right now. And uh, yeah, so obviously um, you're absolutely killing it. Uh, you built like a you know a million dollar plus business in I think it was nine months um, following Start and Scale Greta's formula. Um, we'd love to hear like, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a ride, that's for sure. So we launched in December or just the end of November last year. So in business now, I guess it's the end of July, sort of August, about eight, nine months, like you said. 
And um, honestly, the idea came to me, like all great ideas, in the shower. So it was, I was kind of looking around at all the products that my wife has and just so many different personal care products for, for, for females. I thought I have a face wash, I have a body wash. I wonder if anyone's ever created a ball wash before. So I literally jumped on Google, jumped out of the shower, jumped on Google, searched ball wash into my surprise. No one had ever created something called ball wash. I'm like, this is interesting. And this is right around the time I was really starting to get into more high quality men's personal care products. So just natural products, free, free of parabens, sulfates, you know, things that are good for your skin, not just, you know, the cheapest thing available. So it was like these two things right at the same time kind of came together, like this idea for this product and just getting more into the space in general and my own buying habits. And then my wife and I decided, all right, if we're going to launch a soap business or a wash business, we should try and do this ourselves. Like we have to make our own wash. So we went to the lab, tried to figure out how to make wash, quickly realized better marketers than <laughs> manufacturers of body wash. Um, but it was fun just to, you know, try and get your hands, you know, get your hands dirty and, uh, you know, see how the product is made. Um, so we did that. And then we spent the next year trying to find a good manufacturing partner, um, which was, which was interesting, you know, trying to find somebody that got the vision and didn't have a minimum quantity of, you know, 10,000 plus units. And I you know, really no idea how well it was going to do. And I wanted to validate the idea. Um, so I called around to a bunch of different manufacturers, got a bunch of, you know, no's, or actually I said no to them because I couldn't afford, you know, the minimum product spend. And my wife had remembered that she had a old colleague that started a beard oil company. So we reached out to him and he put us in contact with this small um, family run natural products business. And um, I got her on the phone and <laughs> three words in, I was like, yeah, we want to start this company called Ball Wash. And she's like, I'm in. I'm like, what do you mean you're in? <laughs> she's like, I don't, I don't really need her anymore. She's like, I want to be a part of this. I think this is going to be great. So I was like, well, I don't really like have a huge you know, amount of money to start this. He's like, whatever you need to do, we're going to be behind you. And that was really like the first kind of key falling into place for us. So we spent the next six months um, doing a bunch of product testing and sampling, making sure that we were really proud of the product we're creating, which is really important because obviously with the name Ball Wash, I wanted something that was going to stop people in their feeds, get something that was going to uh, have people tag their friends or their husbands' wives. But when they got the product, I really wanted it to be that high quality, just awesome experience, not just something that's a, a, you know, a gimmick or a gag. So we spent six months really getting to that. And then, like I said, we launched, long story short, I guess not mid-long, uh, we launched in uh, basically Black Friday. And I had 500 units. And that was my goal, like pretty, pretty small. And we sold out in like two days. And I was like, oh no, we do not. Wow. So yeah, and then it just really caught wildfire. We, we did some Facebook and Instagram um, ads. And like I said, a lot, a lot of husbands and wives and friends tagging each other. So I was on the phone frantically calling, um, you know, our, our manufacturing partner. And I was like, all right, I need 2000. And the next day I had sold basically half of that. So I, I, I was, I was so nervous, like to place the next PL and I just kept doubling it and doubling it. And within a week I went from ordering 500 to ordering 15,000. Wow. And we, yeah, I mean, it was, I was just so nervous every time I, you know, place that PL, you know, it was like, 
hoping that the, the wave would keep going, but I had to kind of, you know, lean into it. And um, as nerve wracking as it was, if we could have made more, we would have sold more around that time. So that really just propelled the business um, into, you know, the first of the year. Yeah. Wow. So um, tell us around, I guess, um, cause, cause you've got tremendous growth right now. And, and I guess, um, can you take us back to kind of, um, the early days? Cause certainly some people listening to this might be in the early stage of, of, of wanting to start a business or, or launch a physical product. Like, um, you know, what, what, what did you learn? Uh, and where were you at when you, when you went through start and scale and Greta's formula? Yeah, so I had actually found Start and Scale right maybe two weeks after I had launched. So like things were really starting to pick up, and then I, you know, I kind of powered through that like course at the same time and jumped in that in the Facebook group, which is absolutely you know just an amazing resource with all the incredible entrepreneurs in there. And just you know, like I said, ripped through every time you guys released a new module, I was you know tearing through it and just you know kind of trying to check as many boxes as we could. Um, at the, at the same time as trying to scale the business in a very, very uh, small amount of time. And it, it was just, it was really just a lifesaver to kind of have a blueprint. And that's the one thing I'll say is, you know, I've read a lot of um, blogs and articles and, you know, eBooks on e-commerce and scaling business and validating product ideas. And the thing that I you know, most, I uh, was most impressed with the starting scales. It, it really is, super actionable like you know they lay, <laughs> just lay out the blueprints credit did a fantastic job of like here's the boxes to check and even you know if i wasn't following them at the time because i was you know too busy i went back and i was like all right cool like i need to make sure i did all of these things so it was, it was just an amazing blueprint and resource and uh, you know i can't speak enough to it yeah amazing and um what would you say kind of your biggest learning would be from from the course and around like kind of the way um, Greta scales, it starts and scales e-commerce brands because it is quite unique. Um, like a lot of people are into drop shipping. Um, that's one thing that you've done tremendously well. You've built an exceptional brand. But I'm just really curious, like what was probably the biggest takeaway you had? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing for me is brand, right? And I think she really leans into that and provides a lot of great examples. I mean, for us being called Ball Wash, we kind of dance along this line where people think it's a joke or a gimmick. And for me, it was about building this whole brand around it uh, that people take it seriously. So, you know, making sure that the product packaging looked really good, making sure that the shipping, you know, she, she talks about uh, making sure that your packaging materials are also on point. And there's, you know, maybe a part from the owner inside there. So it's like doing all those little extra things to paint the story of this brand is not just this gimmick, but it's actual, you know, there's, a very business behind this that really believes in the product from the name um, and really putting that human kind of touch to it. And to me, that's everything. And we're starting to lean even more into that. It was around the same time I came up with this uh, phrase called live balls out. And that's the <laughs> lifestyle um, that we want to like portray. Like people that live on the edge, drill seekers, athletes, or, you know, just everyday people that just, uh, you know, like to live their life the way that they, that they do it. Um, so for me, it was really the whole, the whole piece around branding that just resonated the most. And, uh, I really don't think we'd have what we have right now if we didn't pay that early attention to the brand and really, uh, took that into consideration. Yeah, amazing. And it, I'm sure it hasn't been all like, you know, gravy, man. Can you tell us around the hard times and, <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, man. like, yeah. Cause, cause like you said, there, this, this product that you created is, is one of a kind, right? 
Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that. Um, so my wife has been kind of documenting, you know, the ups and downs, and, and she she jokes, and maybe we will one day put out our own book called "It Takes Balls" because, yeah, I mean, when you're scaling that quickly, you really hit a lot of hurdles that you might over the course of a year, but we're hitting them in the course of you know a few weeks. Um, so some of, some of my favorite ones were we shipped out. It was right before Christmas. So we must have shipped out, you know three or 4,000 uh, orders in one week and they all had gone missing. So they were, they went, uh, you would go on USPS tracking, you would look and it said that it was shipped, but it would never update. Like yeah, what wow. happened? So we have all these people, obviously, you know, emailing us by the hundreds, like, Hey, you know, we're, we're a small business. We're trying to like, you were trying to do right by, but you know, when big so many times that they just automatically think I bought this thing off from Facebook, you're scamming me. So we really had to do a lot of damage control. But what happened was one of the uh, USPS distribution facilities um, that was located in the state of Michigan, it was so cold that the power went out there, like I guess their generators or whatever, um, froze and they lost power for about three or four days and they did not relay that information to, you know, like our local where we dropped our products off. So it was just this like black hole. So meanwhile, we kept sending out products to all these people being like, I don't know what's happening. So we send out, you know, a lot more product. A lot of people got two bottles instead of one, just because we wanted to do right by our customer. And we had no idea what was going to happen. So mother nature, you know, really, really took us for a, took us for a loop there. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch, I don't know how many you want me to go into here, but I mean, what I can say is when you're scaling fast, you know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong, and you just got to kind of take take the punches as they were. And I think the one thing that we did really well, and I would recommend to everyone, is just putting yourself out there um, to your customers and trying to get ahead of it. You know, so we sent out an email with like a fun gif of like Jon Snow, like freezing in the cold and, you know, just like we're really sorry that this happened and, you know, try to make light of it and, you know, make sure that your customers know that you empathize with them and um, that you're doing everything you can. And we've done that a few times, um, you know, throughout, throughout the course of the business when we were, uh, you know, scaling up around Valentine's day, we came up with this box and my wife came up with this slogan called um, a mess about you because we wanted um, wives and girlfriends to buy the ball washed for their, for their significant others. So we bought these boxes or we got these boxes made that say I'm not about you. And unfortunately we ordered them a little too late. And when we got the actual um, box themselves, we were, we were less than pleased with the quality. So we ended up just proactively refunding everyone the cost of the box because we were charging at just a few dollars as an upcharge. So it, it, instead of waiting for people to respond and say that you weren't happy, we, we refunded everybody. We, we just kind of bit the bullet on that. So Sometimes it's cost us extra money, but, you know, we're hoping in the long term, you know, I like to say we're in this for, for the long term, not just a short term game. So those are, those are a few of them, but <laughs> we, can, we can make this a whole you know, hour on things that can go wrong. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a roller coaster. That's for sure. You know, not, the highs are high, the lows are low. Mm, and I look, it, it's, it's definitely not easy, man. So I appreciate you sharing kind of some of the hard times. Can you tell us around like, what is working? Um, obviously, I think you've got exceptional branding. Um, your copy, like everything's on point, man. The design, even the design of the product, you've done a really good job there. I guess, um, you know, what, what, what is working? Like what, what's your best acquisition channel? Like where, where, in terms of marketing, what's working? 
Yeah, Facebook and Instagram is you know have really killed it for us in terms of um, acquiring new customers. Um, can't say enough about that. And we like you said, we test a lot of fun copy. You know, to come up with all these different ballpoints is it's pretty fun, and it really resonates. We always try and find something. Uh, well, one from the, the image that we use, two to the copy that we use, that somebody would tag a friend. You know, they they, they also think it's funny. They bring it in, or hey, you could use this. So anything that's going to kind of help us drive down our um, acquisition costs by increasing the virality and the way that people share it um, has done really well for us. And then some other things that we're starting to kind of lean into more, like I said, we had this whole live balls out movement that we want. So we're working with more athletes. We just started sponsoring a few MMA uh, fighters. So putting ball wash on their fight shorts when they, uh, you know, fight. Uh, I really want that whole aspect of the brand. So working with, you know, athletes of all, all different uh, verticals and i'm really excited about that yeah and when you say um like working with athletes and 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 finding ambassadors for the brand how does that work yeah so we've been lucky enough that you know the, the brand has attracted a lot of really great people uh, that have you know kind of come to us and say hey like i you know i bought the product and this really resonates with me you know would you like to work work on a deal so um, a lot of it has been inbound to this point just for you know the bandwidth that i have um, but basically we just we just make sure that both people are bought in the you know the ambassador that is behind it um, really enjoys the product and is, is excited to share it i mean the few um, mma guys that work with right now like i literally just send them product i i just trust them to do what they're going to do with it and uh, you know they post frequently and they, and they do a really good job kind of um framing it to their audience and the way that their audience will resonate so um right now you know i don't try and give too much direction to the people that come to me because they're coming to me they're really excited about the product and i want their excitement to kind of um translate to 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 with uh, to the way that they post content um so moving forward that we want to be a, a little more proactive and you know we've identified some some niches and verticals that we want to you know get more product ambassadors in we're about to uh, launch a referral and awards program coming up here in the next few weeks which i'm really excited about uh, we, we have launched an affiliate program as well so we're, we're dabbling in a lot of different things right now uh, but you know I, i'm still running this in my part-time and you know we're, you know, burning the midnight oil every night, trying to you know tr- test different marketing channels and see what's going to work, um, and lean into those channels that are. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man. Because I, man, I really commend you for for the growth of your business. How you're doing all this um, while working a day job, still, man. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's crazy, man. Planning it out, man. No, it's. I, it's amazing. I have, you know, my, my wife helps me out with a lot of um, what we're doing. And actually, my sister helping out in customer support. And then I have two other friends that help with some of, um, you know, design and creative. So um, it's definitely, it definitely takes the time. But, you know, it's something that I just love to do every night. And I put my daughter down, you know, to bed and just hammer on the business until, you know, until I basically fall asleep with the laptop and then, you know, go to work and do it again. So. Yeah, wow. Those are the days. I remember those days. Wow. Um, it was good, man. And you, you have to, right? Yeah. You got you to you put in that time up front, you know? Yeah. If I, you're not going to do it then, then when are you going to do it? Yeah, I agree. And look, I think like, man, the the at the scale that you've grown your business and, and at the speed and at the size um, and the amount of like, you know, sales you've generated and, and the units sold, it's Dude, it's very, very impressive what you've done. So I just wanted to say, like, congratulations on all of your success. Um, 
I, I we have to work towards wrapping up, but uh, there was a few questions I wanted to ask around, I guess, uh, influencers. Have you been doing much influencer marketing? Um, have you had much success with that? Yeah, that's a great question because that that was the startup space that I, that I come from is influencer marketing. But to be honest, I haven't put a lot of eggs in that basket right now, um, aside from kind of the brand ambassadors that I've been working with, um, just because due to my limited bandwidth, I feel like influencer marketing to get it done right and build those proper relationships and making sure that, you know, posts are going up on time and using everything properly, you know, FTC and coupon codes. It just takes a lot of time. And I want to make sure that when we do it, we're doing it right. So that is definitely on the horizon uh, because, you know, there is obviously a lot of value to kind of be tapped there. And that's, what, that's what's exciting to me is we've done a lot of this uh, scale up this business without tapping all the marketing channels that, um, you know, we have available. So that's the next big thing for us. Yeah. Um, when you say, because um, I, I think there's a lot of potential as well with influencer marketing. When you say, uh you know, t- tapping into that um, and doing it right. What did you mean by that? Well, I think there's, you know, there's two different approaches, right? Like you can just blast your blast emails out to a million different people, hope that you get somebody that's going to bite. Um, or you can take more of a slow and methodical approach to make sure that you're getting the right influencers and nurturing these relationships. I like to look at influencer marketing as a long-term relationship, not a, not a one-off. And I see a lot of brands that just, you know, whether they give the product away for free or pay that influencer to post it, it's just a one-time thing. And I want to be, I want to work with an influencer that we build this relationship where they're actually bought into the brand and we're working together throughout the year. And that to me takes a lot of time, but I think that's, that's, that's time well spent uh, in building a relationship because you got to think like, it's not just the, the relationship that you have with that creator. It's the creator's relationship with the audience that they have. And with more and more brands doing influencer marketing, it's, to me, I, I'm worried that it's becoming a little bit of noise when you just do one-offs, right? Because it's like, okay, here's what some folks are doing. It's another, you know, branded content post that they got paid for. But when you're working with somebody more long-term and building that relationship out, I think it just resonates differently. And they're like, oh, this is actually integrated into that influencer's life. And they really believe in this. They're not just doing this, you know, as a paid promotion. Mm. Do you think there's diminishing returns, though, um, uh, on how many times an influencer would post? Sure. I mean, there's diminishing returns on you know, all, all forms of, of marketing, I think. But I, I believe that those diminishing returns, depending on the audience size, you know, could be spread out at least over six months, you know, to a year, depending on how often you're posting. But I think that the upside of seeing, you know, one influencer working with the same brand over and over outweighs that diminishing return. Look, like, yeah, look, I I think um, it's, it's one of those things as well where you kind of have to test out, you know, you like. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, because I think. We, and I'm not, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that the one-offs don't work either because they, they definitely do. But for me, I'm looking at this as more of a long-term program where I want to build instead of, you know, like I said, brand ambassadors that really are, you know, with me along with the journey. And they're the ones living this bald out lifestyle and they're bought into more than just, you know, the product posts they're built, built into, um, you know, the brand lining itself. But yeah, I mean, with everything, you, you have to test. You know, if you don't test, you, you're never going to know. And different brands may resonate differently with different creators than uh, others. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Well, look, um, we have to work towards wrapping up, man. But I guess for anybody that um, 
either wants to start uh, an e-commerce business or uh, selling a physical product or wants to grow or scale kind of, you know, from your journey and then also following um, Start and Scale and, and following how, how Greta does things and, and her formula and process, like what, what would you say to anyone that's listening right now? I mean, honestly, I think it's going to be the most cliche thing, but just start and do it. Um, that really, I, I almost did not do this. Like I was very close to not, you know, get pushing past when I, when I got a bunch of no's or couldn't find the right manufacturer or, you know, when I did find the manufacturer, you know, it took us six months to kind of get there. And, and within that six months, you know, life happens, things happen that take your attention and then, you know, something that's a priority maybe isn't. So you really got to push past. And you know, like I said, there was a couple of times where maybe I was at the point where I wasn't going to do this. And man, you know, that really made a huge, huge mistake. So if you really have an idea and, and feel passionate about it, you really just got to take the first step and get it out there because you never know. I mean, I, I wish I could say that I knew that, you know, we would do a million dollars in business in six months. Um, I didn't, you know, but if I didn't put it out there, I would have never known, you know, and I could have missed a huge opportunity. So just, just get out there, you know, take the course. If you're, if you're afraid, uh, or you know, feeling overwhelmed. Like I said, it's the starting scale course and what Greta puts together. It's really just that. It's a formula and a blueprint, and it really takes you from, you know, you know start to scale, <laughs> as, as the clever name says. So uh, get out there and do it. Oh. There's, there's nothing to be lost. Amazing, man. And and where can people find out more about yourself and uh, Bullwash? Yeah, so bullwash.com is our uh, website. And then I can I can be reset Adam at the mischiefwashco dot com. If anyone has any questions, I'd be more than happy um, to connect. I, lo- I love meeting fellow entrepreneurs, and I'm also in the the Facebook Start and Scale group. Amazing, man. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Adam, and um, congratulations again on all your success. You're absolutely killing it. I, I did, dude. I I thought you'd left your job, to be honest. I I didn't know you were still working. Working <laughs> like uh, it's just unbelievable what you're doing, and it's just like super inspiring. So well done, man. I really appreciate it. It means a lot, Nathan, just to have this opportunity. Um, thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.